0: Thank you for joining us here on the Makers Podcast, brought to you by Crafted Media. Okay, thanks for joining us uh, here on the Makers. My name is Craig, and I am the producer of a series called
1: Crafted. My name is Bobby, I am with Bowiegan's Beer Company.
2: My name is Lola, and I do the marketing and design.
3: And I am Celine from Valhalla Bakery.
0: Awesome. Welcome, everyone. How's How's everyone doing tonight?
2: Great.
3: Pretty amazing. Living the dream.
2: <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting. I almost said it, but I didn't want to take that away from you. I <laughs> appreciate that.
3: Living the Except dream. we should just all say living the dream. Living, living the, dream. the dream. He
2: kind of looked at me too, like, don't you say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all
3: that's, I got.
2: That's my catchphrase. <laughs> yes.
1: I was the first person he to ever say that. He was the
2: first person.
1: He invented it. Absolutely. <laughs> he, 100%. You guys can use it though. It's catching
2: on. <laughs> it's, catching, it's trending. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cool. Well, Maybe we should um, do a quick intro about this episode uh, of The Makers. Um, for, for all of you out there, uh, The Makers is not only a podcast, but it's also um, a series as well. And we wanted to sort of bring that to life and introduce it to the world and talk a little bit about it tonight here um, on the podcast. Um, Lola, could you give us like a rundown about this first episode
2: so the makers essentially in its entirety is about collaborating with the makers that produce and inspire the beers so we're spotlighting like the craft culture and with an emphasis on the craft beer and how we have all these other creators all these other makers and how they all of their products are used with them so this first episode is going to be with valhalla and how their beer or their cake, rather, inspired this beer and the ingredients of this beer, the recipe of this beer, this build of this beer and how it was inspired by another entrepreneur, another passion for some, someone who's creating a cake. to someone who's creating a beer and how we can connect those two and really just showcase the talents of both of those makers.
0: I think it's ultimately, um, at least for this episode, about culinary artists, right? I mean.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah um and so do you guys want to talk about the beer first or, or do 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 we want to get a little history about
1: celine first
2: i mean we could always talk about the beer but i would i yeah. would want to hear her story too yeah let's, yeah. Yeah. No, let's, let's kind
1: of jump <laughs> into the backstory and and uh you know more or less let's introduce celine and and see um you know let her tell her story of of how she got started um you know like we've, we've talked about before in our past episode of, of kind of our backgrounds and not just necessarily like how we got into beer, but just where, where we, where we start from, where we grew up, like what inspired us as we were growing up and, and led us to doing what we're doing. So, um, so I know you got, you know, a, a big story to go. You got You got a, you know, franchise now or a whole, <laughs> a whole slew of, of restaurants, bakeries, and. Donut shops and killing
3: it. (laughs) Like, you know, a bunch of, we're, we're doing okay. Um, (laughs) so I mean, I guess it depends on how far back you want to go. Um,
2: (laughs) well, where did Valhalla come from? Like, where did it start? Where did you get your inspiration to start your bakery?
3: So I grew up in Canada and originally my goal was to be a makeup artist for television and film. So I went to makeup school and I worked in the film industry for a little while there. And then eventually ended up moving to the United States, and had to kind of find a new career path. And I was a bakery manager at Publix for ten years, and just like learned the ins and outs of production and just the world of that. And then when it came to uh, eventually separating from that and deciding to do what I wanted to do on my own, because I've never been one to march to somebody else's drummer. Um, I know it's shocking. Um, I get that. I was yeah. <laughs> that- you know, I just, I really am 100% status quo. Do what I'm supposed to do. Look the way I'm You're supposed right.
1: to do. Live everybody else's life. Yeah, I would, I would say first time we met, I'm like, was, this, yeah. she's corporate America. Yeah. 100%. Uh-huh.
2: Cookie cutter. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, I mean, that is a huge part of my backstory. Right. That is a huge part of my backstory too. Like I grew up on the street. I'm a recovered meth and heroin addict. Um, I left home and joined the circus when I was 14 years old. So they, there's a whole other backstory that,
1: that's, that's we're, yeah okay that's that's that's, that's interesting yeah Hell no yeah. why let's did you stop telling
3: that. us
2: about that go that's, on okay that's we're fascinating we're, we're 14
1: and in the circus <laughs> yes, let's not just all right
3: hold on oh, no, just, don't oh okay no so, you, can, you cannot um, gloss over that at all oh, <laughs> weird okay um i mean like i said how far back you want to go um so when i was growing up i just was like not a normal kid like i just didn't ever really fit into traditional schooling or anything like that and I just my brain just doesn't work in those ways and so I decided it would be much more fun to do drugs and uh just did that instead so uh I ran away from home at I guess the first time I was like 13 and I like kicked out my, the windows of my parents house and I like left but um I'd already been in a lot of trouble with school and stuff for skipping. I had 13% of grade uh, attendance in grade eight. Um, and was like doing a lot of mushrooms and smoking a lot of weed because I'm from British Columbia. And that's just, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. It was the nineties. 90s. <laughs> 90s. <laughs> um, and so eventually I just ended up like connecting with some weirdos from the carnival and literally just traveled across British Columbia and Alberta and uh Saskatchewan maybe. Um I don't really remember exactly how far, but I traveled with this one crew called the Pi Car Crew, uh, with MF Wagner shows and just made people play games and con them out of their money and like I learned all sorts of carnival tricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ran I ran I was what was called the official job title was a joint bum. And so what you do is you like get people in and you kind of just like bring them into your game and you get them to play your game. And I had the ring toss for a while. So, like, here I am, 14 years old, living in this bus where we basically like just have a wooden bunk and, like, essentially a yoga mat. And, uh, you know, getting up, setting up the carnival. You've got a sledgehammer and these tent spikes. You're literally, like, learning how to put up these fucking circus tents. Oh <laughs> 14 God. years old. Oh, my totally God. Totally fine. <laughs> Um, I was drinking with like all of these like old carnival men. And I, I mean, I, I could drink at that point in time. And which is why I'm sober now, Um, which is great because with the beer collaboration that this has been like a neat project (laughs) for that. Um, And I would like, just like get in fights and like prove to these dudes that I could drink them under the table. And maybe I was 15. I was like young as fuck though. And I'd lied about my age. And so, like, I'm just sitting there, and I was like, yeah, 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 I'm 18, as I'm fucking drinking, like, Jack Daniels, fucking <laughs> chasing it with beer, and just, like, absolutely getting fucked up, and eventually ended up just getting in too much trouble with the carnival, and had to have, like, my dad send me a bus ticket, and I was stuck in Lethbridge, Alberta, and, uh just some bad shit had happened and i had nowhere to go and so like i had to take a greyhound bus from uh lethbridge alberta back to vancouver british columbia and then go work at my dad's company um to pay off the ticket that he had purchased oh, for oh, me. <laughs> I, I mean i was a skinhead, so like yeah. i totally got it um it was the ticket though <laughs> i mean it was Probably like a hundred, it was the 90s oh, okay. again. Like okay, money yeah. was very different back then. <laughs> yeah, it was probably like a hundred bucks or something. My dad probably oh, made yeah. me do like $17,000 with work to reimburse, but I had been such a shithead that I actually had to stay in a shelter, like a youth shelter, because I wasn't allowed in their house.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, well, oh, wow.
3: I was at Chuck E. I Cheese was, when I was 15. Yeah, you guys were doing that and I was doing special math. So. Oh god.
2: I went to a Muslim private school went to, and worked at Chuck E. Cheese.
3: Yeah, no, I was like living the same in. Same apart- story. Yeah, same, same, same. I, I did run away. I ran away. Yeah, I mean, did you steal the pizza from Chuck E. Cheese? Well, I'm <laughs> <And the> like <laughs> cardboard. Absolutely not. But- <laughs> right. So, like, my thing has always been like adapt or die, or you're always yeah. going to serve. Survive. So like no matter what life gives you, uh, you always figure out how to make it work. And so that's where Valhalla came from was victory or Valhalla or, you know, win or die. And that's where the concept behind it came from.
0: Where does the Valhalla, no, where does that saying come from? Like what, what, where is well, that?
3: Valhalla is Viking heaven. So if a Viking dies in glory or in battle, it's you go to Valhalla. So it's victory or Valhalla.
0: Is it, is it part of your, your back, background?
3: yes so i my family is I'm, i mean i'm dutch i'm 99 percent european <laughs> i'm like i'm like pretty much as european as you possibly come with scandinavian dutch um and german roots
0: cool so that's where the name of the bakery comes from
1: yeah very fitting yeah mm-hmm. so how how do we get from all right? We're back from the circus now. You said, <laughs> I know we're really fat. I'm, still, I'm still is, on I know, this. I know. I know. Um, Where did we get to the bakery? Well, how did we get so, to the bakery? So you were doing you doing makeup?
3: To, yeah, yeah.
1: To do uh,
3: I did burlesque, or I was a gorilla in a burlesque show. I danced with Dita Von Teese. Um, what? Yeah, that's. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, I've had like a super super normal. Yeah. status quo life Standard yeah. Canadian <laughs> yeah. life Got it. I'm going to Canada guys <laughs> it sounds really cool It is. What, everything is what you make it oh, fair. <laughs> fair but that's, that's um, so fascinating right so then I like after I left the carnival I like decided to go back to school and then, then the, eventually ended up going to makeup school so by like the time I was I think 19, I was sober uh, from alcohol and drugs and was just like trying to kind of find myself. So I started makeup school. And then when I was 22, I think, ish, um, I met a gentleman on the Internet and then ended up moving to Citrus County, Florida. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't even know where that, that is.
3: <laughs> I have no We're idea. All like, yeah, yeah. We, of course. We, yeah. yeah, yeah. sounds like a place. It sounds like a place. Yeah. <laughs> it like a place. <laughs> <Yeah>. So it's <laughs> north central Florida, and um, it was an experience. It's where Weeki Wachee is and like uh, Crystal River. Um, mm-hmm. It is not somewhere, if you're from a major city, that you are going to be like, you know where I want to go? Citrus County, Florida. <laughs> Hell
1: yeah.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> like Butts County, Georgia. That's, another,
3: that's another right. Place. Yeah, it's just one of those like really weird, <laughs> awkward places. And so um when I moved there, like when I got my green card, um, there wasn't really many options. And I was like, well, I'm going to be a cake decorator, at Publix, but Publix didn't have a job for a cake decorator. So I like started out as a bread clerk at like fucking $5 an hour in 2006. <laughs> and, yeah, it was. Wages here compared to Vancouver, we're a a shock. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think I left Vancouver making like 15 bucks an hour in 2003 and then came down here and was making like five or $6 an hour. And it was like...
0: No, wages was crazy.
3: Oh, yeah. Right. Um, And so, like, eventually, I just couldn't do the Publix thing anymore. I just couldn't... You know, I made it really high up with them. I ended up... um, I was going to be in a retail improvement specialist position where I was like going to be running the different bakeries. And so uh, I just realized that like that wasn't a life I was willing to live. They like, you know, you get a Prius and you drive around and you wear your little scarves and you do your nice little people job and you work your corporate job. And I just was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't continue to lose every bit of my identity and who I am and where I came from. Um, And so I started working, um, I started the bakery part-time at Publix, and then it just kind of started growing and growing. And then as I grew the business more, I dropped my hours at Publix, stepped out of management, um, and then worked full-time as a cake decorator, and then also was working um, overnights in a commissary kitchen, building the bakery at the same time, and then working farmer's markets. So I was working, I mean, coming from management at Publix, you're coming from like 70 or 80 hours a week. So yeah. even working full-time as a decorator and then doing overnights to build the business um, and then doing farmer's markets and stuff, it was like, cool, this is still
1: less hours than I was doing yeah. before. <laughs> uh,
3: and so like, then it just be- ended up becoming a thing. And the just at the time that uh, I started doing it, I connected with Sean Noonan, who owns uh, Dharma Fine Vittles. And then him and I were like, we should do something together because like I'm doing these egg-free, dairy-free baked goods and you're doing this vegan food and like we should really consider doing a thing. And it just, honestly, it just like was the right time, the right place. It all clicked and came together. It's just, it's just snowballed since then. I've worked my fucking ass off. I've worked, you know, every day since that started.
2: (laughs) Well, it shows the cakes are beautiful and taste delicious. And you can see that you know what you're doing and Something you said that just like really I related to, and I think that a lot of people in this industry, in our industries, just of like creating and being creatives, can understand is losing your identity. And I think that's something right. that I worked in the service industry for twenty odd years, and then um, after I graduated from college, I did the thing that I was supposed to do, and I went and became a senior financial operations analyst in a finance department, and made a lot of money, and sat in an office with no windows. and hated it and and had no creative outlet. And I think like, you know, working in the craft beer industry kind of like gave me an identity and it helped me like be able to like use all of the experiences I had in life and working in the industry and working at the finance job. It um, allowed me to have this immense creative outlet, which is why, like when you said makeup artist, I kind of remembered the clips that Craig took of you decorating the cake and how that kind of you have that similarity too. And it's just like, you bring that creative essence and you have that like design work and that artistic outlet um, in making a cake, which I think is fascinating.
3: Well, and I think that that's where it came from, right? Like, so the makeup artist thing, so I'm feeding my dogs right now. Um, <laughs> the, as you can see up my nose, as I'm doing this. Um, the, the makeup artist thing, it really correlated. So when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in the United States, you know, being a makeup artist in crystal river florida is not really an option um so i defined something that worked within that and then that's where like the decorating cakes at Publix actually really worked out because it's not that different like putting eyeliner on a person and piping fucking flamingos on a cake Not <laughs> it's not a, it's not a yeah. different thing yeah it
2: takes precision and i just i saw you and like taking that precision taking that time to really perfect your craft i mean that it once you said makeup artists it just kind of clicked for me I'm like oh so you pulled that so that's really cool
3: yeah it 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 ended up being a series of events that just like led to the thing that currently is the thing that I'm doing that's awesome and who knows where that will lead right because we're all precious young angel babies (laughs) and have our entire lives lives. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: whole lives
2: oh goodness
0: I keep telling myself that
2: (laughs) I don't I gave up (laughs) I have two young kids I'm turning 37 this month I'm just it's all right
3: (laughs) kids yeah I turned 42 in three months and I'm like what what is the next evolution right like as a creative we just have to either, like, for me, it's evolve or die. Like, I just have Absolutely. to co- constantly be, if I'm stale, I'm really struggling. Uh, yeah, and I so I really think a that a lot too. of this, well, and that's why, like, I keep opening things. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I don't make a shit ton of money. Like, really, my idea behind the whole thing was, as long as we are not in the red, I will continue to create jobs for people because I can create a job where we can treat people with autonomy and make it so people can have a decent job. I'd rather pay someone, you know, 15 to $18 an hour to do something awesome and break even or just make a couple bucks on it versus make a shit ton of money and then have to give it to the government.
2: Well, and that's the other beauty of this industry is that you can like really connect with human beings and that you don't have to look at their rap sheet and you can give people right. chances, take risks on people. And you see potential, you see that they have this creativity, like, most creatives don't have a, the greatest background ever
3: <laughs> so like, or we can, do
2: or we do oh yeah we yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I still think working at Chuck E. cheese <laughs> <think> is pretty <laughs> it's pretty hood of me so
3: oh, <laughs> oh yeah you are a, you are an og star <laughs> yes <laughs> i know i know
2: i wore the mouse suit and um I did drugs. I was high one time.
3: (laughs) One time. No, no, no.
2: Plenty of times. But like in in the Chucky costume, um, (laughs) my boss found out. So I was dating his son at the time and he found, he caught us smoking the marijuana and he's like, you're, you just are rotating Chucky duty for the rest of the day. And so (laughs) I would just giggle and I was way shorter than the guy at the time. So at any given point, there was like a tiny Chucky with like half head. (laughs) Laughing at everybody. (laughs) Yeah, just (laughs) I was like children's height. So I'm much taller now, five foot. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Working way cooler jobs. Okay. Guys?
1: Well, I think something like uh, something that like, resonates with me, not the uh, getting high end and wearing the mouse outfit, but um, just if you're, if you're stagnant, you just feel like, you know, something's not right. Like if I don't have something to stress right. out about or my next project, like building, 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 then I realize like that freaks me out more than having 30 things going at once and trying to find driving chaos yeah yeah
3: I think that when you have a really diverse creative background you just end up like just if I'm stagnant and I don't have things to do my mind spirals like if I'm not planning a trip and going traveling somewhere like one of my biggest hobbies is like one of my girlfriends and I we do super cheap travel so we'll like find these crazy ridiculous flight deals and like then we like deep dive on cool shit to do and we do these like international trips for like 800 to a thousand dollars and like stay in hostels and shit. Yeah, dude, I'm fucking master at cheap travel. And like, if I'm not planning that or like there's a move coming for the business or there's something going on or I'm creating something creatively, I'm just, I feel like chaotic because there's no chaos.
0: I could finally chime in here and say I'm, I'm same way as well. Um, I think, my partner Ian is is constantly like hounding me about constantly thinking about other projects and and new ideas and new shows and when Sundays roll around and I actually have a day off to not really do much I get very anxious and very jumpy Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like what can I be doing today Uh, I got to keep my mind busy with creative that's why I go to the
3: gym all the time Like, if if Mm -hmm. that's like a really it's an easy way to, my dad calls it the hour of the rat. And I think that probably there's a really strong possibility that all of us are very much
1: ADHD. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) 100%. Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was booking. Yeah, I know. I saw something (laughs) (laughs) shining. I have to do tomorrow. Yeah. No, I have to forget about so don't have them listed. Right.
3: (laughs)
2: I have lists and I have like, and I'm always finding things to do. I can't sit still. I'm and like, even on my day, days off, I get days off, like, and I just sit there and I deep clean the entire house. I'm like, send Grant and the kids out so I could just clean the entire house and I find projects to do or, you know, reach out, try to just any kind of improvements or all like see what else needs to be done in different departments or just like different people like hey let's you know figure out something else to do like call craig up and be like hey <laughs> what else do you want me to do <laughs> is there anything I can do?
3: What, right can happen? what can <laughs> happen yeah
2: how can we you know grow like it's just it's a growth and I, again it probably has a lot to do with adhd but um i just have to be constantly moving
0: <laughs> i was gonna say it's like a focused adhd though it's not yeah. like um it's not a scatterbrained yeah. version of it
2: Unless I yeah, need I to move a for point. a different task. If, I, if I'm if i focused on a task, I will complete it. But if, like, as I'm doing the task, I have to stop and get something else, then I will see another task and start working on that task. I'll eventually get back to the original one. But that's just, like, the chaos of how I clean I've never my house. noticed that. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: wow. i well, called out it. here start at 15 things but
2: (laughs) i finish them it just it takes me i have this weird systematic way of doing it that is not in order that has no rhyme or reason everything gets done it's i thrive in chaos like that is that is very true um and i think my best
3: employees are all the same way with that too
2: yeah um but again it's it's interesting like how much that relates to being a creative and being again like tying it back to this series like being a maker like you you have to kind of like collect all of these things in order to produce this product that you have you have passion for it's not just a job it's not just producing something because you're told to produce it you're doing it because it every part of your body wants you to and you have so much creative like drive to do it and it's still stressful and it's you know, it takes time and energy and blood, sweat and tears to do it. It's not easy, but it's you have to do it because it's in your bones to do and it and it speaks to that creative spirit that you have, which which is why I wanna work with people that are like us. And I think that's right. awesome that there's so many. <laughs>
3: I think that also like the pandemic has made us really look at ourselves a lot differently than we have historically. Like you really look at that. I'd never considered the fact that I would, was probably very much ADHD. And then like, I'm like, Oh shit. Like this explains so much of how my brain works. And we've all had all of this time with ourselves to kind of like, Oh wow. Here's this like nugget of information about me. Like how am I going to take this and process this? What can I learn from it?
1: I was going to say like, how are, how are things for you? I know, like you so said, you have a good, like up to like eight different rest- or restaurants, bakeries and stuff now? Like how was it through the pandemic? Like what did you guys have to do?
3: I mean, it was just like an entire pivot, right? Because we opened the St. Pete location on March 9th in 2020.
0: Whoa.
3: Pandemic hit the next Ooh. week.
0: Wow. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. I that. Wow. How that
3: feels... <laughs> yeah. We had just spent, me and my business partner had just spent $480,000. So that's all fucking debt that just you know so, we opened the doors yeah. we had a huge backlog and like wait to open we open my dad had come down from Canada to help us out and like as we're opening we're hearing like little inklings of pandemic-y stuff right mm-hmm. and so my dad's down helping out and like I looked at him one day and I was like you've got to go back to Canada like I don't know what's coming but it's coming and like yeah you might not it's be not able here. to get back home yeah. mm-hmm. and so like the second weekend we were open, social distancing was starting. Ooh. So like we had a line down the block, but like, then that line was literally down the block because like, they were like, Hey, like, and so all of a sudden, like everything changed. It went from like, yes, we're finally open to what the fuck is coming. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like,
3: yeah. you know, I just spent thousand dollars on the space and, You know, our landlord was really cool, uh, you know, about it. She was like, you know, I'll cut you a half rent for three months. Cause like, again, this was what was hilarious about it. And she was like, you know, help you out for the three months. You guys can just like tack it on and like pay it back after that. And then we're like, three months later, you're like, this is just getting worse yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Getting yep.
2: worse. it's getting worse yep
3: and we were doing everything we could to stay open we were doing a lot of shipping stuff we were doing a lot of delivery stuff we had like we're trying to institute a delivery service because like fucking uber eats is like the biggest scam for restaurant owners that exists take everything and oh it's dude they take 30 percent off of mm-hmm. the top like And then you increase your prices to make up for it, but then they're still taking 30%. So you raise it a dollar, they're taking 30 cents on that fucking dollar. And then people are thinking, right? Like The customer is getting screwed too. (laughs) And then Uber Eats is just making bank because everybody's like, oh, I'm supporting businesses, small businesses by ordering from Uber Eats. You try to negotiate with them and they just laugh at you. You're like, so like uh, it just became this like, crazy snowball the donut shop in uh orlando just got hit seriously hard because it's by ucf
0: Mm.
3: yeah across the street so ucf was just completely shut down and then uh the ppp loans honestly like saved us um i don't we wouldn't have i don't know if most businesses would have made it through without those uh especially like we didn't have to lay anyone off. I think we had like a couple of employees that decided that they weren't comfortable working with, which I mean, again, like we had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The lack of information I was that, gonna say, you
2: know. And like, misinformation, like there was misinformation. Oh my God. There, was, there was so much confusion. Uh,
3: it, it just. And you're just trying to do what, what you think yeah. is best for you and your business. And like, yeah. one of that was one of the biggest things is like, here you are trying to make these decisions. And I know you guys were in the same position where you're like, how do I make the best decisions to keep my employees safe, m- myself safe? like institute rules in a state that's like there's no rules yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, my client base just you know I have to make sure that they're protected. I have a lot of customers that are high risk or like a lot of auto- autoimmune diseases and stuff because of the specifics of doing like um, the type of bakery that we do where it's egg free dairy free. We end up with a lot of people that do have health concerns. And so, like, my customer base is going to be very, very sensitive. So, like, when we were like, hey, we're going to require masks, obviously, like, people are freaking out. And then we're like, okay, well, we can't get change, so we're going to stop taking cash. And then Mm -hmm. people are, like, throwing money in our faces. And, like, I refuse to take this, and I'm taking a stand. And you're like... Bro, we're a Come fucking on. vegan bakery. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is where can you can stand at Publix, please. I was like, gonna say this is not the hill you should try to die on. <laughs> yeah, myself yeah. for like twenty-somethings working front of house, and we're just literally trying to survive this like yeah. unprecedented event. Yeah, and like it's it's just literally just been nonstop, and like here we are still right. We're going into year fucking three. Yeah. And we don't know what that looks like. They keep throwing fucking variants at us. You're like, okay, well, this one's no big deal, but like, what about the next one? Yeah. What if this does evolve yeah. to something else? Where do we go from here? Yeah.
1: That, and that, that's the thing too. Like, what a lot of people probably don't understand is like, there's a lot of these small businesses and people, and and it doesn't matter what what you believe or you know what rules you want to follow. Like, when you get to understand, well, we just want to try to stay in business. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, obviously, we want to have safety protocols we want to keep the guests safe our employees safe for sure and but also too like we have to follow the rules or we get shut down we get shut down we may never open back up yeah so
3: right do you guys remember at the very beginning like if you had somebody that had a case of covid you were supposed to like post it on social media pay these stupid bullshit cleaning companies that Mm -hmm. do nothing but spray a bunch of steam around and you were supposed to like post the picture of them doing the steamy thing. <laughs> yeah. And then shut down for a week and you're like, But I have Somebody- twenty employees. <laughs> yeah. So if I have to shut down for a week every time every employee gets COVID, I got a couple of those in me before we we're done. You
1: gotta yeah. you gotta make yeah. revenue. Yeah. Like we were we were essentially in the same boat of we um had just opened up our production facility and started going statewide in March of 2020. Um, and had just announced our, our second taproom location to open up in Avalon Park. And then the very next week, I was supposed to be, I think, in Jacksonville. had Events lined up all week. And it just shut down within a matter oh, of hours. Yeah. I go like, oh, I got a that. text. Like, oh, we might not be doing this to actually everybody shut down to we don't know if we're going to be open tomorrow. We don't know if we're going to be able to open Ever for again. weeks, months. What's <laughs> yeah, going to happen? Right? It was just it was chaos. As we remember, people were, were lining up and we were doing like a bunch of to-goes and coming in and everybody's asking questions like we knew what was going on. Like yeah. I have no clue. Like we're going to sell you beer today and hopefully we can sell you something tomorrow, but
2: and that was right? and that was hard too because everybody wanted crazy. answers. Like every and they'd look for people in business. Like, oh, okay, well, you're doing something, so you must be told something. It's like, no, we we are <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants and praying that we don't shut down or do something that like is out of protocol or someone gets sick or we are the cause
3: of someone else getting sick or push. You know, like we. Dude, that was that was a scary part too. Is like yeah. So what if somebody gets sick in your business? Are you liable? Can you get sued for that? Yeah. Like we had no rules and guidelines in place. And like, I know that every business owner that I'm friends with was like, I don't know what to do. My friends that didn't make it through with their businesses, it was like more strange. It wasn't like food industry did. As long as you made a good consistent product in the food and beverage industry, most of the time you were in. Okay. Co- okay. Like bar, like clubs, my friend law ended up having mm-hmm. to close his like venue because there was the shuttered venue grants were just, too little, too late. Um, But my friends that got more affected, like my best friend that actually is opening, uh, that opened uh, Valkyrie PA, um, he was in the industry for trade shows. And those are the industries that there, there was no safety net for, was there was so many other industries. Everybody was like support food and beverage, but it was the other industries that didn't have that support. And so I think that that's where a lot of things changed.
1: Yeah. Especially like you said, the clubs or um, trade shows where it's a lot of in-person events and there's not one tangible right. item you can make and sell. It's our event is getting together. <laughs> that's right. The product. Yeah.
3: And that industry is gone until at least probably the end of 2023.
0: Yeah. I mean, I noticed they, they tried to do a few, a few, uh, uh like uh trade shows and stuff but um not not like it has how it was before that's for sure
3: no because you would have to have vaccination cards you would have to have masking like and then you're dealing with everybody's opinions on that whatever way that they go and that's just getting a lot of people into a room together that have differing opinions
0: and yeah it doesn't always work out so good and following rules no, no.
3: <laughs> right that little, that little part well
0: celine so Where where are you at now Like with the business Like I know Um, Like you said You just opened St. P You got some other stuff coming up
3: No we're I'm good for right now Um, I've got to kind of focus On what we have Going The restaurant Freya's um, I have a chef That's taken that over um, Because obviously I know We accidentally ended up With Freya's Diner um, Just due to happenstance And so I essentially just gave that To a phenomenal chef That I know and he's taken that over and he's running with that um so we just have to kind of like recoup some of the massive losses that we took uh this year um from just things you know donut shop opening but then like donut shop in Orlando took a major major loss um ended up like we end up end up like ripping out a wall and replacing a wall and like that was supposed to be like when we got the quote it was like a one-week project that turned into a month and then obviously like I'm not going to not pay my employees. So we paid them the entire time that we were closed, um, plus the cost of repairs. So it's just, you know, it's just been one thing after another. So like right now we just have to kind of recoup reconvene our brains and kind of like,
1: where did the, uh, like dairy free, gluten free, um, kind like come to business, like come to plans or is that like from the very start? Um, was that your, your whole conception of an idea behind the the bakery when you started it?
3: So, um, when we, when I started the bakery, one of my nephews actually has a severe, severe, uh, allergy. And so we were dealing with that and I was vegan for 17 years on and off. And like, just for health reasons, you know, I I just kind of have to follow what my body wants to do. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, in the, Creating a product that's a really great viable product for people, um, that is more accessible, kind of became the mainstay of what we were doing. And we were like, "Fuck, we're like really good at hacking the system to make egg-free, dairy-free. Let's just roll with this." And then, like, obviously, it's worked out super well. We're like, our our donuts were one of the few donut shops that actually makes scratch mix we don't use anything like a pre-made mix we have our mix co-packed under our recipe and our brand um and have like it's all of our product and so like yes it costs us a lot more to do it the way that we do it but it's all scratch made our stuff our recipes our ideas of everything somehow i threw shit at the wall and it fucking worked <laughs> it
1: just worked and I, it's it's incredible um like we when we sat down did the taste test um and you brought in I, I don't know at least 100 to 200 items something like <laughs> we ate <laughs> it everything was oh, best yeah day ever it was it I, was oh Dude, you ate
3: so
2: much shit that day i love sweets so i was having I, a field day like i'm
1: not like a big <clears throat> sweet eater but still i, I had a field day <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was incredible yeah. um you were a peanut butter boy oh man i am <laughs> it was and the
2: peanut butter and I'm surprised we didn't go with something that had peanut butter. But then I also have seen the fermenters when they we've had to add or they've had to add peanut butter to it and the mess that it can create. But like well, and then
3: you're adding that allergen to all of your that's, other items That's too, also that's true. the thing about peanut that's, butter is like yeah. it's such a common allergy. Yeah, yeah.
1: so. But- but that, that was also, I think, the cool thing. And we can kind of get into this, this collaboration we're doing now, what's bringing us together for the makers and um, this beer that we're working on now. Uh, so, we, like, we met and we um, kind of talked about ideas. We... Celine was kind enough to bring over her whole bakery one day
3: and <laughs> it was so good.
1: Um, decided on this, this cake, I'll let you talk about it first um, and, and do it the full justice it deserves.
3: So uh, we went with the red velvet mocha and I, I'm glad that we went with that because that is actually the cake that I order for my birthday. Like that is my favorite of our cakes, the red velvet mocha. It's just such a, a decadent cake where it's, you know, Red Velvet's an interesting flavor because really it's a lightly flavored chocolate cake with vinegar in it. And, you know, who the fuck thought that was going to be? Like, who was it that decided <laughs> yeah. like, this is what we're going to create? At some point in time, I should just Google the history of Red Velvet Cake because originally it was um, a chemical reaction from vinegar hitting the type of cocoa that they used in probably like the 1920s or whatever, who the fuck it invented it. Um, but it doesn't react the same way anymore because the processing of ingredients. So now you do add red dye to that and then you add vinegar and it's a light cocoa and it's made differently than any of our other cakes. And it's just like such a moist and rich and just delicious flavor. And then that mocha just really like kicks it up and just Mm -hmm. makes it a little extra special.
0: Does, Does the vinegar essentially replace the buttermilk?
3: So we actually use, we, we create our own, I'm using air quotes, which you can't see this because it's a podcast. Um, uh, we create our own buttermilk using uh, soy milk and uh, vinegar anyway. And so when it comes to that cake, we actually use two different types of vinegar for it because we create the buttermilk and then we also use the vinegar as a leavener in the cake, because you actually create. Do you remember in science class where you made tiny little volcanoes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Science. So, it was, so It's you're basically a that too.
3: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean,
2: food it, food science is very I much mean, a thing. So is beer. Like, so was beer. Like. Right. That's so cool. No, I just I think because we're know, so smart. Yeah, we are so. Smart.
1: If somebody all would right. tell me. Yeah. In chemistry class, that I'll be making. Gear, I know, like I know.
2: You would have remembered all of those. I wouldn't things. have to
1: go back and right. like oh shit, to I
2: everything that you went to high school for. But, but no, I just I think that right. red velvet cake is such a traditionally well-known cake, and it's so well loved. Mm-hmm. So for you to have this like unique spin on it again speaks to your creativity, speaks to your uniqueness, stepping outside of the box, and I think that plays well also with Bowiegans and you know their slogan and ha- recrafting perceptions and again like pushing your putting your creative spin on things and just making it your own like having your own identity and something I would have never thought in a million years to add a mocha buttercream to a red velvet and have it taste so phenomenal it's fucking perfect <laughs> it's
3: yeah, so what's really funny though is you can also add peppermint to that so we've done red mel- mocha vel- red velvet mocha peppermint oh. and who the fuck would have thought but like that also
1: that
3: like work. it it works. <laughs> that <sounds dope. laughs> that's,
1: that's what like I think kinda of drew us to picking this, like she said, like I I'd love like all the peanut butter desserts that came through. I'm like, yeah, like this is that would be easy. We could we could do this. Let's do a challenge. Um, because we want to make right. what we decided to do is make an imperial dessert style red ale, but obviously we want to be dairy free. Um you know, the the norm in, in the brewing industry if you're making a dessert style stout or pastry beer or whatever, it's gonna be tons and tons of lactose which is going to help add that body add that sweetness um add that dessert kind of quality silkiness to it so that was cool for us on top of that the dessert was fucking delicious like we've established so like let's do this let's challenge ourselves we have one shot to do it right we don't want to pilot batch it let's like let's full on go for it. Do it. <laughs> um, do it and so yeah we were able to I mean we're we're stoked on, on the final product I haven't um,
2: tried it yet can you open this beer? oh you haven't tried it I haven't had it yet no <laughs> I've... we did
1: have one can we, we should have... have sent some out and let them share it the I know time,
2: but... uh, well, Celine's like, it's oh, just yeah. you could smell it in a snifter the aromatics of it like of beer also give you such an inkling of what you're going to taste if it's done well um, so you can always like just inhale it
3: <laughs> and just yeah I mean I, I wouldn't be opposed to like tasting it and then mm. like probably not swallowing it because Mm -hmm. like for me all i'm going to taste the alcohol taste will take over for me because i haven't had a drink in 20 years yeah um but i'm sure like the notes and stuff i might be able to taste those
1: yeah there's different ways um a few different ways when you're actually tasting the beer but like one would be you know obviously just there's different ways to sniff Mm -hmm. it but in you know you can hold it in your mouth you can breathe Mm in um the only downside is it will that's the the one downside that you wouldn't get when like a lot of people when you're wine tasting or you're, you're tasting it they're spitting it out with the beer when you swallow it there's like a, another whole like olfactory senses you can kick in the retronasal smells and taste and flavors that can come back up and you can get the full appreciation for it so that's the one thing that you won't get with doing that but you can still get a lot of the flavors and nuances um
2: Oh, just in like just... smelling it right now. Like I'm getting a bold like. There's just the chocolate and coffee play so well with it, and I'm just getting an intense amount of flavor just from just from the aromatics of the beer. And again, putting it in the proper glassware so it's opening up those aromatics. Just smelling it. I mean, there's so much you can get from just enjoying that. Like it's it just has such a great smell.
1: Like so something cool. Like the way we want to design this too is to have that dessert-like quality, but still taste like the cake we used an ungodly amount of uh madagascar vanilla beans and so sure, that was cheap um, oh yeah well you know what cheaper than it would have been a year ago surprisingly the one thing True. that has gone down through uh throughout the the pandemic was finally vanilla beans are <laughs> almost down to their 2016 prices which <laughs> it's it's still um a lot of a lot of places you know might not use you know real vanilla beans but we like to sit there and We cut them open by hand, and slice everything, put them in. So we sat there for a while. I I didn't time it, but um, we we use about three times as much as we normally would in another beer. Um, It really gives it that full flavor, that silky mouthfeel that we're looking for. And then um, we used a local roaster we hooked up with up here, Rosso's uh, Coffee. They have a retail location in our new tap room in the food hall at avalon park but uh also like i've known the owner karen for a couple years we have been using her coffee um and her roastery is right down the street from our production facility so we had her whip up i told her i told her what we were brewing and and you know what flavors we're looking to recreate so she brewed up a batch of coffee for us roasted it ran it down um and and that's that was the big unknown for me is to try to dial this in because that cake is it's mocha which is you know like a blend of chocolate coffee um different flavors but it's not like bold on the coffee so i wanted mm-hmm. to have it as a nuanced flavor in there but i think yeah, it has got to be smooth in there It's Got to be smooth um so we we, we definitely smooth. had to dial that down and, and make yeah. sure like we we hit it we didn't it's not a full-on coffee beer but it has those flavors yeah and then <clears throat> um and then we got no, as much bl- chocolate as we can <laughs>
2: it's blended it beautifully like it has and it it's got that true to style like that red ale it's exceptionally smooth for not having lactose which i think you did beautifully like it's it's just it's velvety it has this like smooth essence to it and it's got this great blend of flavors the coffee is not overpowering I wouldn't even say like this is a coffee beer this is a mocha red velvet cake beer like you've got that breadiness from it being a red ale too like the malts in it play really well and it's just it's a really great style I wouldn't have thought of it I would have you know like we were talking about earlier pastry style like a stout beer or dark beer when you throw chocolate in there and coffee that seems to make sense but this is kind of again going against the grain going rogue and creating this like beautifully amazing beer to complement the cake that you've worked so hard on i think that's a great that, collaboration that, was, the, that was the thing like we, work. we looked at each
1: other like it has to taste like the cake yeah that's the plan we want to recreate that in liquid yeah. form we weren't trying to pair a beer that the beer that's like oh this could pair with it or any contrasting flavors the idea was you know what let's recreate this so we yeah. had it and then went for it we actually were, were, were lucky enough we got to work with um the guys at riverbend malt
2: And uh, Brent came down.
1: (laughs) We we talked to him for a while, and and just about all the different, especially malts and flavors we want to recreate. So we got a a lot of a whole pallet of their malts shipped down, and um, just kind of you know put it together. We did a full on batch of it, and we were we're stoked with it.
2: Yeah, no, it tastes great. And again, like going back to like eco friendly, vegan, like this is a very well-made beer and it has these quality ingredients and it just goes to show you like you can't like just assume that oh if you have these labels on it that the product isn't going to have this immensely amazing flavor you're not missing anything from it you're not missing the lactose it tastes great so now people that have you know lactose or whatever or vegan like they can enjoy this and have the
3: same experience that they would have
1: with florida pastry sauce florida pastry
3: (laughs) do you think that you have learned uh how to make uh, a better quality vegan beer by this project
1: oh I was definitely um like I said the the normal go to it would be just an afterthought of okay yeah, let 's use lactose and then we'll build this base off of there because that 's just kind of been the way the industry's going, and, and the different beers come out you're going all you want to create these super crazy pastry, whatever recreate whatever donut cereal, anything you want um, and I think we were pretty stoked on that we found a way to do it. Without the lactose, yeah, that's good. How? Um, awesome. how what kind of um, malt
0: did you end up using? Like, what was? Was there a variety? Like, how did that affect
1: yeah, the, the oh, flavor? It was, def- it was definitely a variety. I'd, I'd I'd have a little space on my um, brew sheet, and I think I I ran out of room and kept listing different stuff. But they had so much good stuff <laughs> that I thought would play well. So it's definitely a blend of malts. Um, a lot of like we start with a base of a Pilsner malt, but really built up with some of their Munich malts, which have a little bit more toast to them. I was really looking for those bready, bakery, soft doughy flavors, which is why we went with a Pilsner malt. Um, And then the toastiness is going to come from that Munich malt. And then we kind of layered some crystal malts, a little bit of chocolate malt on there as well. Um, And then we used some of their oats, um, again, to help with the mouthfeel, help with that creaminess, and a little bit of their wheat as well. Um, So it kind of just took a little bit of a lot of different things and kind of blend it together so we can try to make it taste like this cake. Um, so I'm, I'm stoked again to try to try the cake again now that we compare them together and and make sure it's not just my mom playing tricks, but as now we're stoked. (laughs) That'll be a cool, a cool experience for people that are listening to this and for people
0: that watch the show and then can go pick up the beer and the cake like right afterwards almost. Um, I think I can't wait to see what the feedback is from, you know, the, the broader population.
1: But we have shot a an, an episode about this as well. So there's going to be a lot of video content and showing the making of the beer. And um, I know he went and spent some time with Celine down there too. So um, probably a lot of cool stuff to see, a lot of extra stuff. You guys can actually physically see what we're doing and talking about.
2: Yes.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think the, this podcast will probably come out after the episode, but for people that discover the podcast and want to go back and watch, um, <laughs> yeah i mean it'll it'll hopefully this is going to spin off into um something we do again and again and again uh future with just
3: episodes. us though like let's just keep doing
1: it with oh, just yeah. us so just us oh yeah, yeah.
2: circus story every time all right too. next I wanna... the yeah we'll just do a thousand
3: bars. episodes yes. of us <laughs> Fun.
1: all right you're an imperial death bar Stop. yes
3: <gasps> <gasps> oh, oh
1: yes yes oh, imperial- I, could I, lo- yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could live on those things i
3: love yeah i could live on it sounds a lot like like an imperial death march which <laughs> either way either, either way. way it's fun <laughs> right. it. so we can do it like yeah. a star wars themed mm. death bar march yes i'll wear the the buns
1: the can just threw itself yeah
3: <laughs> the- yeah, I did, absolutely. <laughs> we said that last time and you made
1: me change it, changes. So I don't
2: want to hear it. Yeah, then took off the fucking can. Wow. You'll be on the cake though, which which is perfect. You'll be on the cake.
1: Um, thanks everyone. Yeah, thanks, Thank Celine. You. Thank What's you for up? your time and joining us. It's been yes. awesome hearing this like the full background of the story. Um you know, all all the way from from Canada and, to. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Bobby was so fascinated Citra about. City, Florida. You can't just like run over the, the circus right? You got to go through it. Well, I never know what people want to know, all right? Everything. That's fascinating. You have a very interesting life. People want to hear about it.
0: Thanks for tuning in to The Makers. Be sure to leave us a review and give us a like and a share. Subscribe to The Makers Podcast wherever you listen.